coming at you here from the ATX. It's the Box of Box Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Mason Carmichael. With me, as always, we got Dirt Mazer back in the studio on the mic. We got producer Chris as well on the mic. Travis had some kind of soccer game or something, or he's having vision problems because he can't see himself hosting the podcast tonight. Nic- so Nic- Nicaraguan League? Yeah, the, the Nicaraguan <laughs> League, the you know Honduran League, El Salvadorian League, the whatever he's league playing. Is my in, yeah. Oh, the couch, the couch <laughs> league. Such, that's my favorite league. <laughs> yeah, he's probably watching Narcos on Netflix or something, but we're we're all happy to be in the studio. Happy to have a fun, relaxing weekend. Guys, before I kind of jump in and, and give, give all of our plugs, I just want to know, how how was y'all's weekend? Man, my week was great. I got to play some soccer today with you. Oh, yeah. Freaking awesome. The Crips are stepping back onto the court and trying the, to get healthy again. The Crips? Yeah. No, we're talking not, about not cripples, the right? No, no, yeah. no. no. Right. I'm not a gang member. I'm just really injured. Ah, there you go. <laughs> it's very different. Yeah, we played a little soccer tennis in Georgetown today, and yeah. uh, uh, only one of us was on the winning team. Wow, um, and right, I think it was I think it was me. Dirt, just, can you remind me? Just yeah, rub it in whatever. It's fine. Okay, yeah, I'm so, not bitter. It's a lot cool. of fun. Was it that bad? No, no. We, we did a five game series to twenty one. I think we made it. We made it all the way to game five, and the last score was twenty one to eighteen. I had two bicycle kicks. She okay. did. One of them was inbounds. One of them was out of bounds. Right, it was great. but still two. Yeah, two. It was great. Hey, I can't do one. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. PC, but, you have a good uh, weekend? Yeah, man. My uh, my son performed in his little band, so that was really cool. That was today. Just something really cool and exciting to enjoy. I mean, it was, you know, the first time I had ever seen anything like that, so. That's awesome. That's yeah. really cool, man. Yeah. Dang, proud dad moment. His, his son is probably going to be more famous than any of us will ever be. The kid's yeah. super talented on the piano, but so. I, I have to say, I asked him one day, and I said, hey, man, you're really good. Yeah. And, and I said, do you think you're going to be good at this when you get older? And he's, he just kind of looks at me and and he just nods. He's like, yeah. And I go, do you think that you'll be that famous? He, he just kind of nods. Real humble about it. But yeah. he's, like, he's like, you know, people are going to love me. Awesome. Yeah. Dang. Well, he, can, he, can, he can support the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if we're still podcasting by the time he's he's big and famous and blown up and all that, then yeah, heck yeah. Uh, that'd be awesome. But yeah, guys, uh, great weekend. Sound like y'all had a lot of fun. For those of you guys that are tuning in to us on your Monday afternoon commute or maybe Tuesday morning commute, for those of you guys that are uh, uh, just tired having a long day, you can follow us on all of our social media platforms. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook currently. You can also listen to us on all of our streaming platforms. And normally I would read out a list of all of our platforms and all of our social media pages, but I don't have to do that anymore because we have a website. So box boxradiocom is where you can find all that information. We'll have bios. We'll have more information on the pod. We'll have links to all of our social media pages as well as where you can listen. And we'll have ways in which you can get involved with us, such as playing FIFA with us, playing fantasy with us, entering into giveaways and drawings and stuff like that and really, really cool interactive stuff. So again, that's boxtoboxradio.com. And as always, if you have a question for us and you want to be on the show, that's uh, our email is 90min at boxtoboxradio.com. You can reach out to us. And uh, shout out to Sincerely Yours for continuing to provide that fire music for us. You can find him on Spotify as well under Sincerely Yours and uh, on Instagram under Sincerely Yours Music. But the biggest shout-out I have this e- evening comes from 
a guy who I've been a fan of for a really, really, really long time, uh, ever since he was drafted as a rookie by the Philadelphia Union. Of course, I'm talking about Austin Bold player, Amobi Akugo. Amobi, my man, I saw that you followed us on Twitter. Guys, if you want to follow Amobi on Twitter, it's at Amobi Says is his handle. He's very, very active there. But Amobi, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a fan moment here. Uh, I've always admired you as a player. I've always admired your tenacity and uh, your work ethic as well as your per- personality off the field and your willingness to step up and and say things about big issues, not only in the game, but in life as well. So uh, if you ever want to be on the show, you're more than welcome to be here. We would love to have you. I know for me, it would be a cool moment to get to meet you face to face. And I'm literally just ecstatic that you, you found us on social media and followed us. And I really love what you guys are doing with the bold this year as well. I've been out to a couple games and you're rock solid as always. So Amobi Akugo, thank you so much. Big shout out. Thank you for moving to our city. Thank you for supporting soccer here. We really, really like you, man. You're awesome. Yeah, I sent him uh, a message. Hit us up. (laughs) (laughs) PC. Right straight uh, to the point. Yeah, man of few words, but a man of good words there. So yeah, PC was like, "Ah, I'm going to direct message Amobi and see what he says. Just going to try this out. Of course, Amobi responded because he's he's just a solid dude. So that's all I got as far as plugs and, and stuff we got going on. So I wanted to open up the soccer side of our show with a couple transfer rumors. You guys know that we've been doing some some transfer talk to start off here because unfortunately we're kind of in a drought for games because we're in the heat of the summer and teams are taking a little bit of a holiday for the most part. But in about two, three weeks here, we'll have some European games kicking back off. We'll have some more coverage of that for you. But I wanted to start with an Arsenal rumor, and I think it's funny that Travis Carmichael's not here because this has been their biggest rumor of the summer and one that looks like it's getting done over the line. So reportedly, Cote d'Ivoire winger and Lille player Nicolas Pepe, a winger, of course, very, very pacey, had a lot of goals in Ligue 1 this past season, is reportedly coming to Arsenal for 80 million pounds. Of course, we know from Travis what he told us in the past couple weeks that Arsenal only have 40 million to spend it looks like this deal is going to be annuitized over several years. So Arsenal will give 40 mil up front and then they'll pay off the rest of the transfer fee because this guy wants out. Leo want to get paid. They don't want to sit on his contract. And so I think this will be a very, very, very good move for the Gunners. And I think it'll be a spark to their attack that they really, really need. I think anything is a good thing for Arsenal at this point. <laughs> Not going to lie. Sorry, Trav, but... I mean, anything that helps them out, anything anything new, I, I know you said it, but it's the biggest rumor of the summer because there hasn't been a whole lot for Arsenal. Yeah. There's not a whole lot you can do with 40 mil. Um, and so to hear that he's going to take that up front and they're going to pay him over time is just, I think it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, the, the only signings they've brought in, they brought in William Saliba and then they brought in Danny Ceballos yep. on loan. But again, like Travis talked about last podcast, those are short-term signings, mm-hmm. short-term solutions with Danny Ceballos, and then the long-term solution with Saliba because he's 18, and they loaned him back to San Etienne for the rest of the season. But this guy, uh, Nicolas Pepe, looks like he'll be a starter and a difference maker right away for Arsenal, so something to keep your eye on. The last transfer we have for today, so um, I feel like we've been talking a lot about Gareth Bale. And I think it's for good reason because he was a guy that that burst onto the scene with Tottenham about eight years ago and then got that big money move to Madrid. He's won a couple Champions Leagues with them. He's won countless league titles. He's won a couple Copa del Reyes as well. And now this is a guy that uh, Zinedine Zidane said is surplus to requirements and 
was quoted as saying uh, it would be better for him if he just left. So this past week, we thought we were going to get a resolution to this with a reported move of Gareth Bale to China for a million dollars a week. Folks, if, if I made a million dollars a week, I'd do it. I'd do whatever you wanted me to do. So um, <laughs> I think living in China wasn't a big deal for him. But rumors are that his family was not kosher with him moving to China and we're not kosher about having to live in China as well during the season. And so that is what called off the move. Real Madrid were looking to move on from his contract. So my question for you two is where do you think Gareth Bale ends up and what are your overall opinions about him as a person, as a player and the whole transfer saga that's been going on? I think the guy is a talented guy. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's one of the, you know, one of the top players in the world. For us to even comprehend what it takes to get to that level, you know, it's it's just extremely difficult to understand. So I think that the guy is just in a really, really, really bad state. He's in a limbo. His family doesn't want the move to China. And I get that. Nobody really wants to go to China unless you want to get a paycheck. Yeah. I think that if he does go anywhere, it would be a team that has the cash and is desperate. But there's nobody that has the cash and is desperate at the moment. Yeah. So it, the situation is just extremely difficult for, for his agent, for him, for Madrid, because they can't bring in any, any players because of his wages. I mean, it's just terrible. But I think if he did go somewhere, I, I think it would probably be PSG if, you know, because they're the only ones with, with money, <laughs> you know. I mean, they're the only ones that are willing to spend like crazy, you know. But yeah. uh, but but even so, I, I just, I think he's going to be stuck on the, you know, on the golf course this next year. Yeah, we're really on a do. short game. Yeah, that's right. It's <laughs> yeah, short right. game. Well, yeah, we talked so. about it a couple couple episodes ago, um, just about his attitude. Um, you know, yeah, like it's poor. It's not great. And when your your manager is saying anywhere, just go somewhere that's not here, I I would have a hard time believing that everyone else would be like, Oh yeah, we'll take him, regardless of how talented mm-hmm. talented he is as a soccer player. I wanted to ask you guys too. So his so Madrid's attacker, Marco Asensio. Yeah. He he's missing the rest of the season, right, for an ACL injury. Mm-hmm. Do you think that has anything? I know we t- we talked about it a little bit. That's like it's not supposed to impact his future, but Bale's future. But do you think that has anything to do? Yeah, and and I I think that that's a very very good thing to bring up. And the sad reality is, I don't think it influences anything with Gareth Bale. You don't I think, think so? he is that much on the outs with Zinedine Zidane that any playing time he gets now is just to showcase the kind of player that you're going to get if you pay the money for him. Because if you look, he didn't even start in their their last preseason friendly against Atletico Madrid with Asensio being out. They brought in somebody else to play on that right-hand side, and he got very, very minimal minutes in that friendly. And the thing that I wanted to point out about Gareth Bill as well is if you watch that game, if you watched him, I, I was expecting to see a guy that was kind of pouting or you know slumping around because he's got a lot of weight on his shoulders. He's got a lot of decisions he's got to make. The managers doesn't really care for him very much, but the guy was all smiles. The guy was joking around with his teammates. The guy was happy to be there. And I don't think that's because he's happy at Real Madrid. I think that's because this is a player who is 30 years old that knows how good he is. He knows his value. He knows his end product. He knows what he can bring to a team. So he's not worried about the resolution and I don't ever like sympathizing with players that, that just quit and are all about it for the money and say, hey, I'll run my contract out unless someone pays me the same amount of money. But right. I kind of sympathize with Gareth Bale a little bit because 
Dude's won everything he can win in the club side. He's won a Champions League. He's won La Liga. He's won Copa del Rey. So there's not really any incentive for him to keep going and pushing to win more with Real Madrid because the dude already has everything. He's already done it already. That's true. And so if you're going to sit there and make over $500,000 a week and work on your short game and get paid to basically show up to training and do nothing, like if you're Gareth Bale, that sounds like a pretty sweet gig at 30 years old for a guy that's won everything. So I think that most likely he'll stay at Madrid, but Chris, I'll disagree with you on this. So I'll disagree with the fact that you you said his most likely destination would be Paris Saint-Germain. I think his most likely destination is Manchester United. Really? Because it all depends on how much Paul Pogba wants to leave. If Paul Pogba, if if, if he throws a fit and says, hey, sell me or I'm not going to play, I think he'll force the hand of Manchester United and Manchester United They'll want a full cash deal for Paul Pogba, but I think what's going to end up happening is Madrid says, hey, we'll, we'll give you cash and Gareth Bale yep. mm-hmm. for Pogba because okay. we don't really have the cash to spend straight up on him because Bale is still here. But if we offload his salary to you guys, and remember, anytime a player is transferred, doesn't matter. their old contract is basically void, so they have to sign a new deal with their new club. Right. And so Gareth Bale would have to agree with new terms for Manchester United which they would have to pay him what he's getting or somewhere close to what he's getting with Real Madrid or else he wouldn't sign on the dotted line and the deal would fall through. So I think most likely he stays at Madrid Yep. because no one's going to want to pay, pay his contract. Right. And he, he's already come out and publicly said, which if you're a player that wants to move, you don't say, oh, well, I'm, I'm content riding out the rest of my contract if you're not going to pay me as much because that immediately, all the clubs that wanted you and thought that they could negotiate with you are immediately like, nope don't want to negotiate with him because this guy's not motivated by winning trophies and helping our team out. This dude's motivated by money. Well, it also doesn't help your image and your image is money as well. So, I mean, if he's not going to play or he's going to pout and, you know, make a big scene, the sponsorships are not going to come crawling to him, you know, like they usually do. I mean, look at Ronaldo class, great athlete. They come knocking on his door. So he's going to lose money all the way around if he, if he continues with that attitude. But here's here's something that I've I, I've we always hear about you know locker room incidents. Yeah. Do you mm-hmm. think that there's been a locker room incident? I mean, Real Madrid hasn't mentioned anything. Uh, well, the media, they never will. In the media, exactly. Right. Because there's so there's but such... the media hasn't picked up anything either. I mean, but there's always there's always an incident. So Shaka Hislop talked a little bit about Travis's good friend Shaka Hislop. <laughs> Sorry, I gotta, I gotta make that <laughs> Yeah, you gotta make that clear. Um, He's on the phone with him every night. Yeah, right? Yeah. 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 Before he goes to bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shaka Hislop on ESPN FC made a distinction about this. They asked him, they said, well, when there's transfer rumors, do you guys talk about it in the locker room? When there's disputes between a coach and a player, do you guys talk about it? And he said, yes, we do. He's like, but we're professionals. Like, we don't let it influence our opinions and our work ethic on the field and if it does, it's because there's multiple issues happening. But he's like, it, it really doesn't bother us. But you can't avoid people talking about it, right? Especially the guys that are rumored to be going somewhere. Because that's always the constants in, in world football, right? You're always going to have players going out. You're always going to have players coming in. And you're always going to have players that are up for a new contract. And those things cannot be ignored in a locker room. So right. to answer that question, I think there has been talk in the locker room. I just think we're not going to hear about it because that's a private thing. And 
you don't get a lot of reporters that have day-to-day access into locker rooms. Yeah, the, the media hasn't really said anything about it, but there's always some kind of incident. Yeah. I mean, I'd I, be shocked right. if there wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Well, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a team sport, right? Like, you've got 11 on the field, and you're doing the best you can to win, and if you want your team to win, you've got to forget about what's in the locker room, what's been said, what's happening everywhere else, and be professional about it. Just play mm-hmm. the game you love. Yeah, so a lot to keep your eye on for Real Madrid coming up at the end of the transfer window here, but we're going to jump now still to Real Madrid and talk about their preseason match. Of course, I'm a big believer that you can't really put a lot of stock into preseason matches because there's a lot of squad rotation and you're playing in a different country, a lot of travel. You want to give your academy kids some minutes, but this game did not feel like a preseason match with the intensity (laughs) because... It's the Madrid Derby. It's Atletico Madrid versus Real Madrid. doesn't matter if they're playing stateside or in Madrid or in the Champions League final. It doesn't matter where this match is played. There's always going to be heat. And guys, if y'all did not watch this game on Friday night, it was amazing. So there, the score at halftime was 4-0 yep. to Atletico Madrid, which was nuts to me and ended up finishing 7-3. The highlights of this one, Diego Costa, four goals, and then in great Diego Costa fashion, in the 65th <laughs> minute, the dude gets red-carded Naturally. for a confrontation with Danny Carvajal, who came on as a sub, believe it or not, and he was also sent off as well. So this game ended with, with 10 men on each side of the field. But my biggest takeaway from this one is Atletico Madrid looks really, really, really good. Yeah. And Real Madrid looks really, really old. They, they, <laughs> really they, slow. They look, they looked extremely slow. They looked lost almost like, like the pace was just too much for them. Joe Felix was taking command of the field. That's what it looked like. It was just crazy. Yeah, it really did look like a D3 soccer team playing D1 <laughs> yeah. soccer team out there, not going to lie. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, and speaking of Jao... It was Jao, fun to watch. Yeah, it was a great game to watch. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Jao Felix, Travis was given a shtick on the show a couple weeks ago about how, <laughs> oh, yeah, this guy's transfer fee is too much money. He's too young. Well, oh, my gosh. This kid was amazing. This kid had a great night, scored his very first goal. And you can tell, we talked about this on the show a couple weeks back, how highly he's valued yeah. and rated by Atletico because he's wearing number seven. And if y'all watch any form of European or international soccer, you know that that number was Antoine Griezmann's. And so the fact that he is wearing this number as a 19-year-old kid and starting for Atletico Madrid shows that they see that there's a lot of stock in this guy. I think another big thing as well for this club is Kieran Trippier started. Um, They brought him over from Tottenham. Uh, We didn't know if he was going to be the starting right back or if they brought him in for depth, but it looks like he's the guy because both these teams played a pretty much starting 11. They played their best 11s, and so uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward with both clubs. The big one for me is that both Rafael Varane and Dani Carvajal for Real Madrid are not deemed to be quality for the starting 11 Mm -hmm. they both sat on the bench for this one of course Nacho started at center back with Ramos and Nacho got a goal so a lot to look out for here again you can't really put a ton of stock in preseason but at some point you're gonna have to look at the results and say and the intensity on the field and say that Atletico Madrid came out and just bossed Real Madrid that's also the intensity that Simeone gives these players. Yeah. So, I mean, he doesn't want them to just go out there and kind of stroll. Dude got a yellow card and a friendly. (laughs) It was awesome. It was great to see. Exactly. Yeah, great stuff, guys. Uh, Of course, International Champions Cup is wrapping up 
coming up in the next couple of weeks because the season is going to be starting in Europe for multiple teams and multiple leagues. So y'all make sure to keep your eyes on on that. Guys, I want to jump now back to the domestic side of things. We had a couple of blockbuster games in MLS this weekend, some nationally televised games. We're going to start over in downtown Los Angeles at the Bank of California Stadium where LAFC hosted Atlanta United. And before we jump into results, goal scores, anything like that, I know both of you guys got to watch this game a little bit. Give me your reactions to this one. Yeah, man, I think if I had to pick a word, it'd be exciting. It was a good game, technically and tactically. I think um, energy for both teams was there. Just I was just in awe just watching the game. I just I love the the men's game and the speed of play. Um, and so anytime I get to like sit down and really watch, I kind of I, I love analyzing that. And so yeah, exciting. Yeah, uh, I walked into my roommates. I walked in my house, and my roommates were all sitting there, like watching The Office or playing video games or something. And I looked at all of them. And I'm like, "Why do you guys not have the LAFC versus Atlanta United game on right now?" Because I was working out, watched the first half at the gym, and then left and and came home to watch the second half. And they all looked at me just kind of really weird. And so I was like, "We're not going to put it on the TV." And they're like, "No." So I whipped out my phone and got <laughs> on the Direct TV app and just watched the rest of the game on my phone because. You guys know I love MLS, right? Oh, you yeah. guys know I have I bleed MLS. I, I like to watch so much MLS, and I've been a big fan of the league since I was uh, a little kid. This has been one of the top five games that I've ever seen in MLS. Really? Based on quality, intensity, it felt like a playoff game when I was watching it. It felt like these two teams knew how good they were and knew how much talent they had, and it was incredible. So this game ended 4-3 to LAFC. So let me walk you guys through what happened and, and, and what went down in this game. So in about 80 seconds, uh, Atlanta get a set piece. Yeah. It's whipped into the back post. Franco Escobar heads it across goal. And then in his debut start for Atlanta United, Mo Adams, who they signed from Chicago Fire, belts one top corner, 1-0 Atlanta. And it's been under two minutes, and LAFC is stunned at home in the Bank of California Stadium. So... Fast forward, and within the span of 12 minutes, it's a 12-minute span, LAFC scores four goals. So Carlos Vela had a penalty kick. As the, the, sorry, their first goal was Adama Diamande. He got in on a breakaway and buried it back post. Then Carlos Vela got a, got a penalty kick. Then Eduard Atuesta buried one, and then Diego Rossi buried one. Boom, 4-1 going into halftime. LAFC in a 12-minute span scores four goals. Yeah, the long balls were amazing. Yeah, yeah the, the, the long yeah. balls were just fantastic. They were flying, and I think the play in this one from Mark Anthony Kay was amazing, the midfielder from LAFC. Uh, so we, we go into the second half, and of course, uh, Josef Martinez scores, brings it to 4-2, and then Atlanta would end up getting a, a consolation goal to make it 4-3, but this game was end-to-end. It was fantastic, and the thing that really stood out to me was Atlanta's really lacked an identity this this past season. Uh, we knew them in the past as a team that was really, really good at possession and keeping the ball and making you break them down and play around them. We hadn't seen that in the last couple of weeks. This Atlanta side that I saw in this game reminded me of the team we watched in MLS Cup Final last November when they took on uh, Portland in Atlanta. They were nails defensively. They were hard to get around. They were hard to break down. Everyone was selling out for tackles. It's just, it's hard to keep a clean sheet against the best team in the league at home. So 
this was a fun one to watch, and I'm much more optimistic about where Atlanta will finish at the end of the year. So, guys, that's that's all I have on this game. I want to now direct our attention to a West Coast clash. So we go over all the way to uh, to Scusa, Soccer City, USA, up in uh, Cascadia. We go to the Timbers. We go to Providence Park, where the Galaxy are taking on the Portland Timbers. And this one I thought was going to be a really, really good, well-matched game, but it ended up being a blowout in Portland. So 4-0 was the finish of this one. And guys, this game was incredible. So I have a statistic for you guys. Okay. So July 14th, 2015 was the last time Portland won a game with Diego Chara not in the starting lineup. Of course, he's the Colombian holding midfielder Mm -hmm. for them. That streak was broken at Providence Park because, of course, Chara got a yellow card that made him suspended for the suspended for this one in the game away against Seattle last weekend, and so Diego Chara was out for this one. And they not only won without him, which is the first time they've done it in over three years, they completely bloodied up the LA Galaxy team. Goals from Christian Paredes. He had one in the first, one in the second. Had him on my fantasy team, guys. Great pickup for me. Got me 17 points. It was awesome. A goal from Jeremy Abobasi, the last one. A header stood up in the back post. And then the one that was my favorite. So LA Galaxy have a corner kick. It gets played in, gets cleared. And Diego Valeri, the talisman, the number 10 for Portland, decides he wants to make a 60-yard run. So he carries the ball down the wing, 60 yards, cuts in on his right foot nutmegs uh, Giancarlo Gonzalez and then buries it back post. This man needs a statue already in Portland outside (laughs) of Providence Park. It was incredible. So Portland, of course, outside of a playoff spot right now, but there are a couple points from jumping into the top seven and they're looking great. They have a couple games in hand. They've got a heavy home schedule coming up. So I think this team is looking good at making the playoffs. The Galaxy, on the other hand, look sluggish. They look slow. They look like the only idea they had to score goals was lumping the ball forward to Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And when that's not working, they don't really have another way to beat you. So my question for you guys, and we'll spend a little bit of time on this, is if you had to tell me right now, if you had to, to get out your crystal ball and predict the future, predict two months in the future to the end of September, beginning of October... Who would be in the playoffs for the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference? And remember, each conference gets seven teams that are able to be in the playoffs. So who would be your seven teams in the playoffs and why? And I, and I want to hear some of y'all's answers and, and why you think teams are going to be in there and why they are going to be in there. And I'll probably have some objections to what you guys say. And so (laughs) we'll talk about that too. So who do you think in each conference will be in the playoffs and why? So dirt, we're going to go ahead and start with you. All right. Well, the obvious answer is LAFC, right? So, Oh, duh. duh. Like (laughs) absolutely. Um, and you, I just, I found it so interesting to watch, um, galaxy play Portland the other night, just coming off of Zlatan's hat trick, right. Coming off of a team that had, High hopes, and I don't remember the name, but it's the LAFC versus LA Galaxy game. What's that? Oh, El Trafico. Yeah, El Trafico. Yeah. So after watching that and watching the hype from that, I kind of wonder about LA Galaxy's future, guys. Like, I wonder if they're going to make the top seven. I hate to say no, because right now, they're, I think they're sitting at the third seed. 
I would assume. Yeah, they're yep. in third place yep. in the, the Western West. Conference, yeah. right? Um, so I find it hard that they would drop so far as to not make it. But if Zlatan's only going to show up for big games, what does that mean for the Galaxy? Yeah, and, and I think I've heard this said a lot before. Like, as Zlatan goes, the Galaxy will go as right. well. So if Zlatan's on fire and banging in goals and you can lump the ball up to him and he's going to make something happen, like great, you're going to make the playoffs. And you're not only going to make the playoffs, you'll finish in the top two seeds and you'll be a favorite to win MLS Cup. But Zlatan, you're right. He only gets up for big games. This is a guy that calls himself a Ferrari, calls himself a god. Mm -hmm. He's got 13 goals this season, which, don't get me wrong, is is a great great goal return, but that is an average starting striker in MLS. That is an average return for a starting striker in Major League Soccer. If you look at the other side of LA, the guy that he says he's better than, Carlos Vela, he just scored his 22nd goal in 21 appearances this year. Right. Saying he's on record and on pace to beat Josef Martinez's goal record last year. He also has a ton of assists this year as well, and he's the hands-down MVP of the league, and Zlatan's over here. You know, you can get amped up in El Trafico, you can get amped up against Seattle. You can get amped mm-hmm. up against Atlanta. But can you go to Minnesota on a Wednesday night and, and grind out a result? Yeah. And, and he cannot done. do that. Mm-mm. He cannot do that. And it's not, sorry, I'll rephrase that. It's not that he can't do that. He won't do it because it is not a big enough of a challenge. And he said several times he's got to pump himself up. He's got to motivate himself. It is not enough motivation for him to, to travel to Houston or to Minnesota or to Columbus and hype himself up enough to win his team a game. He's just not going to show up in that way. He'll only show up in the playoffs, but we'll see if they if they show up <laughs> in the playoffs, playoffs, right? Well, and he doesn't have it wrong if he says he's a Ferrari because that's not a daily driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you only want to you only want to drive that thing yeah. hard miles if if you know you're going to be impressing some people. So. Exactly. So yeah, so he's not wrong. Yeah. So do you guys think the Galaxy make the playoffs? Yes or no, no explanation, yes or no. Do you think the Galaxies make, make the playoffs? I'm going to say no. A barely yes. So you think barely you're sneaking yes. in? Yeah, really? A barely okay. yes, just a barely, because I think that uh, teams like Portland, FC Dallas, you know, and Real Salt Lake, they don't have people like Zlatan. They don't have to worry about playing around a player like that. Yeah. Uh, I think the LA Galaxy schedule is also a little bit tougher. So compared, yeah. compared to a couple of other yeah, other uh, other teams, yeah, so... I, I think that if they make it, it's going to be like a one or two point, you know, difference from the from the eighth spot. You think that's solely just because Laton will be like, oh, oh it's yeah. crunch time, like here we go? Or well, we we thought that last year, and then all they had to do was get a draw against Houston okay, at yeah. home on decision day, and guess what? They they, they blew a two 0 lead. <laughs> it's the greatest lead blown since the Atlanta Falcons in the twenty seventeen Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Like you're not wrong. This is. And this is this happens with this Galaxy team. And, you know, Chris, I'm barely with you that they'll sneak into the playoffs because this team has too much talent not to. And if they're going to get Christian Pavone from Boca Juniors, which they're rumored to, uh, and it seems like from all uh, sources, it, it looks like it's going to be a done deal here. So I, I think that'll push them over the line. But good God, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, you're one of the greatest players to ever play the game. And it sucks that you were born in the same generation as Messi and Ronaldo, or else we probably would what regard if, yeah. you of the, as the greatest player of a generation. But come on, man. I don't care if you think the league's beneath you. I don't care if you think that you don't have to try 110% and your teammates should pick up some of the slack. Like, you are getting paid millions of dollars to score goals and show up in big games for your team. 
And if you miss the playoffs, your time in Major League Soccer will be deemed unsuccessful, and you, my friend, will be deemed unsuccessful. So if you want that to tarnish the end of your career as, yeah, man, Zlatan was a really, really good player, but when he came to MLS, he, he could have won everything, and, and he told everyone he was great, but it, in reality, he was he was garbage. Yeah, this is coming from the guy who said, man, I've, I've conquered... You know, yeah, I've conquered all the leagues. It's time to go to the U.S. and let me conquer MLS. Dude, if you're going to do it, if you're going to say that, do it. Yeah, I I agree. And uh, so, guys, before, I, I think it's going to take a lot of time for all of us to to run through our playoff places. Okay. So I'm going to I'm going to go down and I'm going to give you guys my top seven. Tell me if you agree or disagree. And we're going to start with the Western Conference and then we'll go over to the East. So Western Conference, LAFC is going to be the one seed. Right. No doubt in my mind, LAFC is the one seed. I'm going to go ahead and give Seattle the two seed. I think they'll hold on. I think they'll be right up there on the two seed. Do you guys agree? Yep. They're amazing at home. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Yeah, they're good at home. And then they proved against Houston they can win on the road. San Jose Earthquakes are my three seed. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. That's a good pick for three seed. Yeah. So... It's the, it's the hair. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the, the man of flow man. from Matias Almeida. Yeah. And this is a team that they went winless in their first four games. Right. They lost four in a row. And now they're solidified in the playoffs. If you haven't watched them play, they're, in my opinion, the most fun team in MLS. Their movements are great. They have this style where on defense, they don't pass players off. They man mark. So there will be games where Florian Youngworth will chase the forward that he's marking all the way back into the the opposition's defensive half and you'll have Chris Wondolowski playing center back because he tracked his man all the way forward. It's ridiculous. It's a lot of fun to watch. So they're my three seed. I'm going to go ahead and give Portland the four seed. I think they have, they have a couple games in hand on the rest of the, the conference. They have a heavy home schedule. Brian Fernandez is firing on all cylinders for them. I think they have the depth. I think they have the, the strength of schedule. Like Chris was saying, I'm going to put them in, in four. In any disagreements? No, or? not at all. Especially not after watching, you know, the Portland LA Galaxy game. If it stays like that for Portland, they're they're definitely gonna make the top four. Yeah, I think so too. I, I would have yeah. to agree with you, Dirt. Minnesota's gonna be my five. Okay, fair. They they've looked good this year. Adrian Heath has got them playing really really well. I think they're gonna be my five seed. My six seed is going to be the Galaxy. Okay. So I don't think they'll fall all the way down to seven because they've got kind of a nice points cushion. I mean, they're six points up on the seventh seed right now, so I don't think they'll drop all the way down to seven. I mean, we saw Dallas collapse in 2017, and that was heartbreaking, so it can happen, but I don't think it will with this Galaxy team. So I think they'll be six. And then the seventh spot is really tricky for me. So I'm not going to give a definitive answer. My heart tells me it's FC Dallas. I want to believe it's FC Dallas. And this game this past week against FC Dallas hosted Real Salt Lake, and it was a nil-nil draw in Frisco. Right. So that game pretty much, I think, to me, would have been, if one of the teams won, that would have been the deciding factor for the rest of the season. Like, okay, Dallas will make it, or okay, Salt Lake will make it. It's a toss-up for me. That seventh spot between Dallas and Salt Lake, it'll be a race to the end, and I wouldn't be surprised if either team makes it. Do you know what the schedules are for the rest? Like... If somebody has an easier schedule, if there's somebody who could creep in this They class. both pretty much have same similar, yeah, Man. similar strength of schedule. So it's really just going to come down to which team puts in better results yeah. down the stretch. And it, it looks, yeah, it looks like FC Dallas has a lot of middle table yep. uh, okay. games. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It's a lot of potential down. to step up yeah. for yeah. them and really. 
I think there they're, Dallas is one piece away. I think okay. if we bring in a clinical finisher, whether within MLS or from another league, they will have what it takes to get the firepower to, to put them in the playoffs. Because Dallas has the third best defense in the league. Right. They've given up the third least amount of goals in the league. So the defense isn't the problem. We're not scoring goals. And so I think that you get a goal score, you get a number nine that can put the ball in the back of the net, you're in good shape. Okay. All right, Eastern Conference. I honestly think the Philadelphia Union is going to hold on to that one spot. I think so. And all, all of you called me crazy. <laughs> all of you, when we were back in the in March doing the show and back in the early days of the summer, I said that my favorite team to keep an eye on was the Philadelphia Union, and Travis did not like that very much. No, he did not. He was like, why are you talking about the Union? Well, look. I'm going to have to find that uh, clip, and we'll just play it. Oh, yeah, on we'll repeat. Play it on, oh, yeah, we'll play a repeat or something. Over the next recording. I'll make it my ringtone yeah, uh, when he go. calls oh, me. Oh, that'd be perfect. So they're at 39 points, sitting at first in the East, and they have not dropped from first place since we recorded that. And this is a team that is not getting a lot of coverage. Like, Philadelphia Union fans, if you listen to the pod, I feel for you. Like, <laughs> you guys deserve way more coverage than you get because you, you're you doing it without superstars. Like, you have Marco Fabian, who's really hasn't produced a lot this season, but he's starting to get healthy and producing and Alejandro Bedoya. And other than that, you don't have any big-name players. You don't have these Slatons or these Velas or these Schweinsteigers or Roonies. Like, you guys have homegrowns that are really, really good, and you have a, a coach and a system that's working really well. So my hat's off to Philadelphia Union. They're looking really, really good. I think they'll finish the Eastern Conference in first, getting that first seed and that first round bye. Then going down from there, I think you'll see... Atlanta and D.C., I, I, they could flip either for me, either way for me. It's one of them will be two, up, yeah. one of them will be three. I don't know which, which will be which, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one. NYCFC, I think, will finish in fourth. Mm-hmm. I think the yep. top four right now, if it ended that day, at the if it ended like that at the, the last day of the season, I think I'd be fine with that. Now it gets interesting. So the five spot I'm going to give to New England. So they're really? unbeaten yeah. in 11. When Bruce, Bruce Arena, yep, Bruce he's Arena. unbeaten – with the New England Revolution in the league, they just signed Gustavo Bo, the designated player. They're firing on all cylinders. Apparently, Juan Agadell has been playing out of position his whole career, and he's been a number eight for them, which has been really weird and interesting, but it works and whatever. But this team looks like they have an identity now. They're fun to watch, and it wouldn't surprise me if they made a low-seed cup run and were facing LAFC in the MLS Cup final. So they're my five-seed my sixth seed is going to be New York Red Bulls. Okay. I think they got enough talent. I think they, they've got enough of a little bit of a cushion to, to sneak into or to, to remain in the playoffs and, and do well. And then eight seed, same thing as in the West. It's either going to be Montreal or Toronto. Or seventh seed, either going to be Montreal or Toronto, right? Mm-hmm. I, you could talk me into either. Montreal just signed Lassie Lapalainen on loan uh, from Bologna. He's a 19-year-old Finnish kid who had two goals in his debut. So if he keeps firing... And keep scoring goals, they'll be great. But Toronto just got back Josie Altidore, and him and Pozuelo seem like they have a good partnership. So that is up in the air for me. But guys, that is our MLS wrap-up. If you disagree with us or have some more comments about teams you think should be in the playoffs or shouldn't be in the playoffs, please email us, 90minuteboxboxradio.com, or hit us up on one of our social media pages. We would love to talk with you about this. We'd love to feature your thoughts and reactions on the show about what's going on with the with the MLS games right now. Give us a shout out and let us know that uh, Mason is the best host ever because he <laughs> he has the Philadelphia Union unlocked. Oh yeah, F- yeah Philly that, Union. Since, yeah, since months ago. So 
any haters out there or anyone thinks that they know more than this guy, mm-hmm. yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> I love, man, I love the Phil. I just love the way they play. I love their gritty. You know, Travis always says diamonds are forever. They play in a diamond formation. <laughs> it's true. They've had all of their guys that were supposed to hit and be their big providers this year not. And the role players have stepped up. Like Casper Shabilko, the striker, has stepped up and scored a lot of goals. Fafa Pico, homegrown 17-year-old midfielder Brendan Aronson is now a starter. And he's been putting in a lot of work. Jamiro Montero, their midseason signing. They just have a lot of guys that are stepping up at different positions and at different times that are really filling in this roster nicely. So I think they have what it takes to make a cup run as well as uh, New England. So we'll, we'll kind of see what happens with that. But we're going to end the show. We got about five minutes until we got to get out of here. But Dirt has a couple NWSL games for us that she wants to talk about and give us a little bit of a report on that. So Dirt, what you got? Heck yeah. So, okay, guys, I don't know who has watched um, NWSL this week, but Wednesday, Portland beating Portland Thorns beating the Houston Dash 5-0. It was similar to um, Atletico and Real Madrid in the first 20 minutes. Four, it was 4-0. They went into halftime 4-0 and only scored one goal in the second half. I think Houston finally got it. the game under their belts and kind of played defense a little bit better than the first half. Not a whole lot. Um, but the thing I wanted to talk about for this game is Lindsay Horan. Man, coming back in full swing. We talked about her a lot for the World Cup. Um, she's an up-and-coming player. I think she's going to be great. For them, um, as time goes on, I think the Olympics for her will be fantastic. I'm super excited about that. But, man, with the bicycle. Yeah, and this was a fun game to watch. And the big thing I want to point out, 19,000 fans at this game. Yes. The biggest crowd that the Portland Thorns, like we talked a couple weeks ago that they got 16,000 at a Timbers game. Yep. And that was a huge deal. 19,000 fans. Like this is a team that outdraws most MLS teams in the United States. 19,000. And that's that's crazy, guys. I'm happy for you guys who are buying jerseys and who are going out to games and to watch all of this. That's phenomenal. Thank you for doing that. On top of that, guys, Utah Royals, Kristen Press plays North Carolina Courage. The Courage pulled out yesterday, tomorrow, or t- yesterday, tomorrow. What, a, what <laughs> an interesting... Too much. Oh, God, yeah, apparently. Sorry, You're the Trav. dictator and the king and the, the queen. King and of something. Yesterday, tomorrow. Yes, it's It's been a long week. The Courage pull it out 2-1, but Kristen Press, guys, is stepping up phenomenal. Um, she's making people left and right. She's doing what she needs to do in the box. Sam Kerr is having a hard time competing with that for the Courage. Um, it's been fantastic. And then today, guys, um, the Red Stars, Chicago, pulled out 4-0 against Seattle. Not not a huge shocker, um, seeing as that Chicago Red Stars is up there in the league, but it's still a good game to watch. Also, guys, for a fun fact... I'm going to a Houston Dash game. Oh, yeah. I'm going to two of them, actually. Very nice. One in August and one in September. And if anyone, any of our fans are out there who are going to be there, like, let us know. That'd be awesome. We'll we come say, say hi. hi. Yeah. It'd be fantastic to meet you guys, just to get to talk to you guys, see what you love about NWSL. I would love to spend time with you guys. Yeah, we can take a picture with you to make us more famous. We'll go ask you guys for pictures. Absolutely. Say- yeah, because you're probably more famous than we are, so <laughs> we'll post your picture and, and tag you in it and, and see if people are like, oh, yeah, I know Dave. Dave's a good guy. You you featured him on the podcast. That's awesome. That's so, great. Yeah, a lot of exciting stuff going on, and another thing I wanted to point out about the Red Stars is it looks full well like they're making Bridgeview their home. Yes, they, it does. They're, they're going out there. They're drawing crowds in. People are ecstatic in that community to support the team, and um, the Red Stars are their team. The Chicago Fire aren't. So I think the Fire made a smart move moving downtown. And uh, the people of, of Bridgeview, Illinois, are really, really getting behind this Chicago Red Stars team. Yeah, man. 17,000 fans at the last game for the Red Stars. 17,000 is phenomenal. Again, outdrawing 
the Chicago Fire. Chicago yep. Fire average about 13, 14,000 a game. So yeah. that's 4,000 more people that give a rip about the Red Stars over the Fire, which to me is amazing that's because phenomenal. it shows that they have deep roots there in that community and that number can only go up. Absolutely. Yeah. So guys, that's all the time we have for this episode. Thank you for sticking with us and hearing our analysis on everything domestically and hearing some transfer rumors that have been going on. Thank you for uh, finding us. If you, if you're a first time listener, we really, really appreciate you tuning into the podcast and we'd love to hear suggestions and ways that we can cover soccer better and more. So please email us at 90 minuteboxboxradiocom or get at us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram to let us know what you like, what you didn't like, if you have comments, anything like that. Also, please check out our website. We got a lot of cool stuff on that. Producer Chris put in tireless hours to make sure the website was up and running while also editing our podcast and occasionally jumping on the mic with us too. So y'all give producer Chris some love and at minimum, just check out our website. Go on, look at it, make suggestions, tell us that it's awesome, tell us that we can improve some stuff on it. Any feedback's good feedback. Uh, thanks again to Sincerely Yours. Thanks again to Amobi Akugo. We love you guys for the support. I hope y'all's Monday was not too bad, and we'll see you on Wednesday for a very heated away leg. We're walking over a town in a